Where in hell can you go? Far from the things that you know Far from the sprawl of concrete that keeps crawling its way Keep your heart off your sleeve Guppy Productions present From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Colm Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher Episode 11 a boundary dispute. There is a very roughly rectangular piece of land which could be said to be at the centre of Bohowo village, around two sides of which are rows of houses. On the third side is the village graveyard, and on the fourth now stands Bohowo Lodge. The land is about a hectare and is rough scrub with some mature trees, and it has never been built upon. It belongs to an Indonesian family who don't live in the village and apparently never come here. I have arrived alone this time. Paula is following in a week's time with family. And as I enter the grounds of the lodge, I am greeted by five men carrying machetes and not looking very friendly at all. With Aris as interpreter, they tell me that the land boundary has been wrongly marked and that their land encroaches three metres into land which I have always assumed belong to the lodge. This would not be a problem other than the fact that by taking the three metres they cut off my vehicular access to the lodge, as they very well know. I am jet-lagged, tired and hot. They have machetes and I have a suitcase full of towels, so I'm in no mood or position to argue. Aris and Nyoman take charge of the situation and dispatch me to the lodge with Mr. Martin and Mr. Alexander in support while they discuss the matter. So I let things be for now. Oni is not here, which is significant, because these men must have known that I was coming. So he must have told them, and must therefore be in league with them, and money will have changed hands for the information. We have had our suspicions about Oni for some time now, but this is the first evidence that he has turned against us, and must therefore be the beginning of the end of our relationship and I see trouble ahead as a consequence. In the evening I have a meeting with the village elders, including Mr. Benjamin, our headman, and they have quickly come to our aid and have found a solution. We can enter the lodge through the grounds of the village primary school, which still stands adjacent to the lodge, which will at least give us a temporary way in. But, if the machete men are right about the land boundary, then a longer-term solution will have to be found. So it's iron in the soul time, and testament to the fact that we are strangers in a strange land, and depend upon others and their goodwill to make it work, if the will of others is set against us. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. This is the captain speaking. Uh, just about ready to depart. We should be away on schedule in the next couple of minutes or so. Flight time will be 9 hours and 40 minutes with eventually reach a cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. Another long journey to Bohowo, this time with the family in tow. 
Carol sees the lodge for the first time and now knows what her little sister has been making all the fuss about and the reason that she has decided to change her life. Mummy, Alex, Edward, Hattie, and a friend of ours, Janet, who is a baroness amongst her other titles and deputy speaker of the House of Lords, make up the rest of my entourage. We came to know Janet when Phil spent several weeks and months landscaping her beautiful garden. They became firm friends, and now Janet is regarded as a part of the family. The kids have been given a very strict clothes allowance to travel with, so I have the capacity of seven suitcases to fill with sheets and soft furnishings, which is handy, and we arrive heavy laden. Phil has told me about the land dispute and we'll have to find a way around that. But I brought the family to have a holiday, and our problems can't be allowed to dominate the next couple of weeks for them. Ladies and gentlemen, very shortly we'll be ready for departure, so all your mobile phones and electronic devices should be switched off. Please make sure your seatbelt is now fastened and do make yourself comfortable. I am amazed at the lodge. It's better than I ever could have imagined. A large, imposing white house set in tropical greenery. Mr Yan and his team have done a wonderful job, and all without the aid of modern equipment. The roof is finished, most of the floors have now been tiled, and we have enough functioning bedrooms to accommodate us all in comfort. But what we still lack is a working kitchen. The structure is there now, it's a big room with enough space to accommodate several cooks and we have light grey marble surfaces around three sides but as yet there's no sink or cooker so we'll be using the single ring cooker again and relying on the hotel for at least some of our meals. Surprisingly the most expensive single item we have had to buy have been western style toilets. It's been hard to source them and impossible to get seven which match.
It's the way of this particular place that your emotions and senses can go on a roller coaster ride which never seems to come to an end. One day you can be dealing with machete-wielding Indonesians and the next you can be jumping from a boat into clear blue tropical waters with dive gear on your back and six kilos of lead strapped around your waist. And this time I'm diving with Alex and Edward. In preparation for coming here, they took their dive qualifications in the dark, cold waters of Portsmouth, which was brave of them. And this is their first experience of a very different kind of diving, where visibility can be more than 50 metres, and the world-famous coral walls of Bunaken Marine Park never fail to impress. Diving without a buddy, as I often do, is one thing, but to share this experience with my two beloved nephews is better and I'm enjoying seeing it all through their eyes and sharing their reactions to it. In all senses, it's great to have the family here and during the days and evenings we were able to bask in the warmth and security of having them around. But during the small hours of the night, the difficulties that we seem to face come to the forefront of my thoughts. If, as we must now assume, Oni has turned against us and is working to his own agenda, we must decide what can be done about it. The land upon which Bahowo Lodge stands is in his name and he is or will be a director in our company once that process is complete. So therein lies an unknown set of problems if we need to undo our ties with him. Oni is still around, we see him sometimes, and he denies any involvement with or knowledge of the machete-wielding family, the problem being that we no longer believe him. We do, however, need to continue superficially good relations with him, at least until we are living here permanently, as in our absence the damage that he could do would be far greater, even to the extent of selling our land and thus the lodge, and in my darkest moments various bleak scenarios play out in my imagination. Regardless of how much time, money and emotion we have invested in our project, if things go badly it could very well come to nothing, and we could lose everything thus far invested. Looking beyond that, even if we do have to and manage to break our ties with Oni, the question remains as to who would take his place. We need an Indonesian working with us, for legal and practical reasons, and we know very few Indonesians, and still fewer who could cut this particular mustard. Aras has been our main man in the village, and we have spent the most time with him, and he could do it, but Aris is what one might describe as a lovable rogue, who we know is skimming off the top of whatever money we entrust him with to get things done. We don't confront him, it isn't that serious, and otherwise he's a nice guy, but he's not trustworthy. 
There's really only one person who we both feel would be smart enough and reliable enough to entrust our Indonesian future with. And his name is Nyoman, the healer and ex-boxer. Nyoman works quietly and diligently and I have spent some time with him. He lives in a very run-down house with his wife, Melda, who is heavily pregnant with their second child. Their first child is six years old and his name is Einstein and anyone who could call their kid Einstein must have something about them, must they not? Relatively speaking. Don't you go. Find out what further adventures are in store for Phil and Paula as they travel from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.